Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Well, hello, hockey fans, and welcome along to the Bees Radio Network podcast episode number 37. And I think it's fair to say this might be our hottest episode yet. Mark Denham is joining me as ever. He has turned the aircon on in his room before the podcast turned off so we don't get a big buzzing noise in the background. So he's going to be in a better situation than I am because I can tell you right now the skies are blue and this room is just roasting that I'm recording in today. Mark, how are we? Warming up, actually. Like you said that, and I put the aircon on. I did put the aircon on and I thought, yeah, it'll be nice and cool. So we'll be able to get the podcast done before it warms up. We've already had like a 20-minute chat, haven't we, before we started recording, in which time the effect of the aircon has long worn off and it is warming up inside here already. And I have got inside, I have got 24 degrees already while the aircon has been off. So, yes. Because one Thank of the biggest challenges we have... And that's it, we're done. <laughs> yeah, indeed. One of the biggest... We have to shut our windows because we both live in quite residential areas, yeah. so... Plenty of noise from two right kids outside having fun and uh, an enjoyment. But as a result, yeah, it just means the rooms heat up a little bit too much. So hopefully for all of you, it won't be a too long a pop while for us. Hopefully it won't be too long. And for you guys as well, because after last week's draft that went down very well with everyone, I've had lots of messages on the side from people thanking us for that episode. It was a real good fun one to put together. Had a lot of enjoyment doing that one as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully this week will be a little bit of a shorter one, a little bit snappier from us, but a bit more bite-sized, I think it's fair to say. Hmm. Yes. I, do you know what? I did want to mention this earlier, and I forgot, actually, your, your little pun earlier about buzzing, you know, on what is, as we're recording it, the uh, the World Bee Day as well. Um, hang on. Hey. Let me put that differently. The World Day of the Bee rather than World yeah, Bee Day. I'm going to put that <laughs> differently because that doesn't sound great, does it? But... Uh, it wouldn't be flushed with success, would it, that one? But there uh, it is. is. There World is. Day of the Bee, as we're recording it. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, as you get to hear it, it won't be World Day of the Bee. But just know that we knew and we celebrated. It came in. It disappeared. It, it left a bit of a sting in the tail as yes. well. Anyway, plenty of puns that we can roll through there. Right then, let's just roll on with the very quick bits of uh, news and all that. Because, obviously, last week's episode, we didn't do any of this usual preamble. So we did miss out on one signing, and I think it's important we throw this one in at the top of the show. Ryan Webb becoming the latest player to re-sign for the TSI World Brentnell Bees, heading into the 2020-21 NIHL national season. Ryan, uh, coming in as the Players' Player of the Year, and as I said on the uh, end of season awards night, I always consider that the most intriguing and most interesting award of the night. It's great the fans get their votes, get the co- great the coaches get their vote, and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's always the um, praise of your peers that I always found is the, m- the most interesting one. And so seeing Ryan take the trophy really backed up, I think, a lot of what we saw in Ryan throughout the whole of uh, the last truncated season. I remember seeing Ryan come to Slough 2014 uh, before their demise as a top flight club. And obviously that was an understrength roster. And I remember saying, like, Ryan Webb will go on to be really good because he was only very young then. We're talking six years ago. He was very young, but he showed so, so, so much promise. And I was so excited when Doug signed him last year. I was so excited to get to see him play again. And he didn't disappoint me at all. And as you say, to get the player's player, that's the whole team, sit down, throw the names around the hat, to get the whole teams, you know, that just shows that you have the respect of your teammates. 
and it shows how much you are valued within the room. So I think, as you say, that's a real pinnacle in terms of the award for the, the player is to know that you are that highly valued by your peers and to also know that you are that highly valued by your coach as well, who has been, you know, quick to re-sign Ryan. And I'm certain there will be other teams thinking, ah, we wanted him. Um, but, you know, for Doug to have acted so quickly to re-sign him, for the players to have given him the player's player, I think that does back up a lot of what we said uh, on previous podcasts, on the award ceremony, and indeed on commentary last year. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those interesting ones as well, because look, I, Ryan really shone through as the season sort of moved on and on for me. Um, you sort of began, as ever, whenever you, you see a new player come in and like you're talking with the coaches about it and you're talking with the fans about it, you sort of see pick up elements and then you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to watch out for. And look, what Ryan was brought in to do, he absolutely delivered on. But as the season rolled on, you began to see more and more the confidence in him, the confidence in everybody around him growing and growing and growing. And I think that, he, he, dare I say, he looks very comfortable where he is in life, yeah. right, life right now, very comfortable where he is as a player. And that's so much. He, he, like, he isn't. He, you see guys come in and they're trying to find their feet and they're a bit scrabbly and they're a bit. Ryan's just just comf- confident and very comfortable with where he is. And look, I know this is always like something we get to at the scene, so at this stage in the summer, and people will be going, I'm looking at the B's roster and the players they've all signed. It's Dubai, it's Malinik, it's Galazzi, it's Goss, it's Stead, it's Webb. It's all just players that were part of the team last season. You cannot underestimate how important that core is. And look, the names that I've just listed off there are all players that you'd sat there and you you would go, I want that guy back. I want that guy back. I want that guy back. That's the core. That's the nucleus I want to build this team around. And that is full credit to Ryan Webb that he is now one of those names that you're like, okay, I'm rolling into the next season. Who do I want in my team? Ryan Webb. Straight on the page, straight on the page, straight in the team. And I think that that is such a great foundation you're not having to worry about so much there's such a great foundation in this bees team that obviously last season was a disappointment overall the the, the finish in the table if you're looking at it on the table alone yeah it's a disappointment i still think we were the eighth place team by the end of the season i still think we would have been the biggest surprise in the playoffs as well because of the momentum and the way in which the form was going in our team taking that into next season with the foundations in place it's a really good start to the summer's recruiting well, undoubtedly, some changes did need to be made and are being made. But the issue here is that you, as you rightly said, you have to have a core. Doug could have said to every single member of last season's team, jog on, we're not signing you next year. He could have gone out and spent thousands a week on getting, you know, on paper, the best players. But then how long would he waste in gelling them together as a team? And that's why it's essential. While people are saying, well, you've not signed anybody new yet, that's why it's essential because no matter who you bring in, they have to have a core in place to fit into because that is how hockey works. It works around a nucleus, a core. And if you don't have that, if you throw that away at the end of the season, then you're in trouble the following season. So I am happy with the way Doug is going so far. You know, he's brought back Dominic Gabay. He's brought back Roman Malinik, two of the best imports in the league. You've then got players like James Galazzi, wears his heart on his sleeve, his bees through and through and through. You've got Harvey Stead, you've got Ryan Webb, you've got Adam Goss, who probably finished the season as the form goaltender. That is a strong nucleus to be building from. 
and undoubtedly Doug will be announcing at some point in time some new blood to the bees. That's going to come. But first and foremost, it's important for Doug to know the nucleus that he has and what new blood he can then bring into that nucleus. So I would guess, you know, I don't have a coaching qualification. I would guess one of the first thing a coach starts to do as the season comes to an end is you start to think, right, who are the must-re-sign players in this team? Before you even think about bringing anybody in, your first step will be who are the first, who are the, the players that I desperately want to have back next season so I can build my nucleus around them. And that's what Doug has rightly done. And it's a good, strong start to the team building for next year. Yeah, entirely agree with you there. Entirely agree. Right, let's just quickly roll around um, some of the other signing news that's happened across the league. And it's... It's still in that sort of like calm before the storm at the moment, but there are some teams that have really sort of laid their um, pathway down. So let's look at uh, Milton Keynes Lightning. I might be crossing over one of the signings here, but Lee Jameson has re-signed for the Lightning. Uh, and add to that as well, Sam Russell on D and Russ Cowley. And, and like Russ, at the end of the day, the year before uh, last in the NIHL South for the Basingstoke Bison was a standout player. And you look, obviously we still have friends who are Bison fans and they said, look, the one thing that's been the, the one of the big things they really enjoy was just watching Russ Cowley play. Yeah, plays on a higher level, bringing so much experience to the game. Last season was obviously injured at the start of the campaign, which was was a major blow for the Lightning and, and was one of the reasons why they found themselves where they did in the table. He came back into the team, still put up the points, clicked in the in the unity. I'm going to be interested to see Russ next season when he has a bit of a full run. Hopefully, comes in injury free for his own sake because. It almost feels like it's a new signing for that team, which is a weird thing to say, but it does feel like, well, if he's there from the start, that's a new season. That's going to be a, a real big plus point to what is looking like a, a fairly stacked Milton Keynes Lightning roster. Yeah. You know what? I mean, we both spoke about this last season, didn't we? The fact that the Milton Keynes Lightning found themselves in a position they did not want to be in. And they did make some good pickups along the way. But obviously, if you can have Russ Cowley firing from day one, that's a huge bonus to you. Because as the Bison fans have rightly observed, in Basingstoke, he did play a level above. And anyone that lined with him got the benefit of that. In Milton Keynes, he fought back from injury and he wasn't fully firing. And as you say... Like, you know, he's had a lot of downtime now, so hopefully the body will be back at 100% by the time he gets back to training, and then by the time we get the season started, he'll be back at 100%, and the Lightning fans will get to see the Russ Cowley that the Bison fans got to see, and hopefully the Bees fans will get to see it everywhere apart from against us. <laughs> exactly. That's the uh, that's the very important point there. Um, Peterborough Phantoms are slightly... Uh, less uh, busy than they were by this time last year because obviously they'd re-signed pretty much all of the <laughs> yes. team by this point last season but uh, Corey McEwen has re-signed along with Jarvis Hunt he signed a two-year deal and importantly for them as well the backup netminder in Ryan Bainborough has also re-signed my favourite backup Peterborough netminder who's not a B <laughs> yeah, exactly so they're, they're, again Peterborough again all core obviously Luke Johnson is the only new name in that roster everybody else has been there for quite a while it's a big switch over year in Peterborough. We say this every time. The Ferrara brothers retiring. Martin Suster's not coming back to the club. Gareth Flaherty is also not returning. He is stepping down to play for the Milton Keynes Thunder as well. So there's a little bit of chopping and changing at Peterborough, but that core is still going to be on the ice for them. I know that Slava is very much about a core. 
Slava, when he first took up coaching in Slough, was very much about building a core. Um, Slava took over the year after the playoffs. So Doug Shepard won the playoffs in Slough and then was signed to Basingstoke. Slava came in. And that was the year where a lot of players had gone to Basingstoke and followed Doug. Much the same as a lot of players came from Basingstoke and followed Doug. But Slava was very, very much about, I have to build a nucleus. I have to get a nucleus of players I know and I trust to play around. And obviously players like Darius Pluskowskis, who's no longer with the Phantoms, but he was key to that because him and Slava had had a very good bond when they played together before. And Slava's very, very much about that nucleus. Now, obviously, the Ferrara brothers, a huge dent in that nucleus. Martin Sisters, a huge dent in that nucleus. But he will be maintaining as much of the nucleus that's brought him um, a great deal of success over the last couple of years. He'll be maintaining as much of it as he can. And he has a knack for just picking out players that will fit into that and that will excel under his system with his nucleus of players. He has a great knack for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see another there or thereabouts season from the Peterborough Phantoms this year. Uh, that's what they are now. Every year you can write them into a position where they're going to be there or thereabouts in yeah. the table. The one thing it does um, show, I will say this, Slava copped an awful lot of criticism as a coach when he was in Slough. Since he left Slough, he has built up that Peterborough Phantoms team to a team that is there or thereabouts. A hugely successful 18-19 uh, season in the NHL 1 South. Hugely successful. Again last year, there or thereabouts. And what does that show? That shows that he wasn't a bad coach when he was in Slough. What's the difference? Owners. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Didn't think we'd be stepping into that bear trap. Let me just try and pull my foot out of it uh, and move around the M25 very quickly to the Raiders. They had a very, very busy week with the starting of their re-signing. Nice way of doing it as well in some respects. They announced their award winners in Aaron Connolly, Jack Cooper, Brandon Aliff, and Eric Piatak, and also announced at the same time that all four of them would be back next season. Big time there for the Raiders. Uh, four very good pickups for them. And then the next day, it's almost like they went, oh, we forgot someone. Yeah, we forgot this guy. Yeah, we meant to mention him at the time. Yeah, our mistake. Ethan James, obviously a very yeah. big part of them returning um, to, well, putting, putting in the performances that put them in the con in con contention. Contention. No, that's not a word. Contention. Contention, that's the word yes. I'm looking for. It's the heat. Contention. Heat exhaustion yeah, it's just is happening at the bell Melting my brain. <laughs> yeah, putting him in contention for that eighth place spot in the playoffs. Um, lots to like about some of those pickups there from the Raiders. Brandon Aliff, maybe the one of the number one prospects still in the league. Aaron Connolly, um, Eric Piatak, who I think you've basically signed in Piatak and James, the two guys that really changed the Raiders. Piatak very early in the season when he replaced uh, the imports there. And then Ethan James, when he stepped in and sort of just basically took the starting netminder job and said, yep, this is mine. I'm going to do it. Do you know what? I mean, I really, really rate Ethan James because last season, he wouldn't have been expecting much ice time. There was Michael Gray, who's now retired, who was expected to have the, the bulk of the goaltending last season. Uh, Michael Gray got injured. Greg Blaze came in, who would then have expected to have started ahead of Ethan James. And then Greg, James, uh, Greg Blaze got injured as well. Ethan James was kind of thrown in at the deep end. Right, get on with it. And by the end of it, he came out on top, I think. He was a great, great big part 
of that run-in for the the Raiders that saw them in huge contention with the Bees. And you know what? Like, he's only young still. And the pressure that he was under last year, like thrown in at the deep end midway through the season, right, it's yours now. Get on with it. And to think that towards the end of the season, he was keeping the established Michael Gray out the net as well shows the future that he has. And another year in the pipes ahead for him now. Imagine how good he'll be by the end of that year and the year after. He's Because he's only going to get better and better from here as well. And at least this year, he will be preparing for when the, the, first, puck, uh, the first puck drops, be that in September, October, whenever it may be. And we don't know, honestly, yet. But he will be preparing at this point in time, thinking, right, OK, I am likely to get the majority of ice time this season. And he will know in terms of his training when he gets, you know, Clearly, I'd imagine players are doing some form of off-ice training, even if they can't get to gyms and things like that. Players will be doing some form of off-ice training. Ethan James now is perhaps under a little bit more pressure than last year. And we'll see how he responds to that, because this year there is pressure of expectation on him. He has to carry on the form that he showed at the end of last season that won him the starting netminder's role, and that won him the contract that he's just signed as well. There is pressure on him, but this year he can prepare for that in whatever training capacity he can do right now. And when players get back to the gym and get back on the ice and things like that, he can prepare and say, right, okay, this time I know I'm under pressure. I know there's expectation and I know that I am expected to be the man who will mainly backstop my team to whatever success we have this year. And it's going to be an exciting year, I think, for the Raiders fans and indeed hockey fans up and down the the country to watch him continue to develop as well. Indeed so. Right then, just one last team that we need to uh, have a little chat about in terms of signings and other bits and bobs and news as well, because it was a busy couple of days for our friends up at the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Uh, firstly, um, there hadn't really been any rumours that there was um, maybe the Steel Dogs weren't going to continue. I don't think that really had ever come to the pass, really. But uh, it was announced that Robin and Paula Grayson were stepping away from their ownership of the Steel Dogs. They were part of a group of ownerships alongside uh, Ali Cree, who we all know very well through his uh, role at Jersey 53. And also, um, and I never knew this one as well, Roger Williams, who does all the uh, media for the Sheffield Steel Dogs up there. Never knew he had a share in the ownership up there. Ah, but uh, That's news to uh, me as well. <laughs> so Robin Hello, and Paula of uh, yeah, Robin and Paul, Paula, um, after some great years, having taken the Steel Dogs um, with Ali in 2015, when that looked a little bit more rocky about whether the Steel Dogs are going to continue, um, certainly developed the Steel Dogs, uh, helped push it on. But they've decided to step away, and Ali and Roger have taken to the helm of the club. And the first thing that any ownership do is you straight away try and announce your coach for the new season, and they just rolled the dice and went, ah, let's bring in the guy who was last year. He was pretty good, wasn't he? And he's also one of the best D-men in the league, Anthony Russell. It's Ben Morgan joining <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, joining the Steel Dogs as their player coach once again. Just a dependable start on D. Yeah. He's bringing Greg Wood back as his assistant coach as well. I've got a horrible feeling that as we record this podcast, they're probably going to announce who the player assistant coach is up there as well. But it's a what could have been a bit of termulation. Oh, goodness me. I'm just making words up today. And what could have been a tumultuous time for the guys up at the Steel Dogs actually looks to have a really good pathway forward for all of them there. I'm just loving the fact that you've clearly swallowed a thesaurus out of order tonight. <laughs> I don't know what's happened. I've been doing it all day. It's been a nightmare. I'm up to 25 and a half degrees inside now as well here. By oh, the way. it's nice. What? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all the right words, just not necessarily in yeah. the right order, as a, a great man once 
uh, nearly said. Anyway, back to the great, Steel Dogs. Isn't it? it is great to see the, the Steel Dogs back and competing again at this level and a great start with Ben Morgan being re-announced as well. Ben clearly knows a lot about defence and he knows quite a bit about coaching as well because he's turning that Steel Dogs into a team that's going to be a tough opponent for any club that goes there. Um, you know, we found that out last year. Others went there and found that out as well. That building is a tough building to go to and to get a result. It traditionally always has been. And it doesn't matter whether it's Ben Morgan or you go back to Andre Payet's days. It's been a difficult building to go and get a result in. Great that uh, Ali and Roger are going to carry on their ownership as well. I feel we should perhaps have rolled out a carpet for Roger when he came up and joined us on the media gantry now. Do you know what? I feel a bit stingy having only given him three Twixes as part of the hashtag NIHL travels now. You- if I'd known he was a blinky owner, I would have made him some sausage rolls. Oh, the sausage rolls are back. Do you know, we would, we're, we're going to have actually, changing the subject here, we're going to have an issue, aren't we, next year? Because when we start next season, yeah. we'll probably still have to socially distance. Now, this is the crazy thing, all right? Richard and I yeah. car share. Richard and I car share. Now, you are allowed to Are you to like car Peter Kay? Are you two like Peter Kay singing on the way in? That's, I mean, that's a show in itself, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe we could have that as a Beast TV episode. <laughs> maybe, but, that's all um, we, maybe that's all we might have if Corona have its way. <laughs> yes. But you're allowed to car share, like if you are commuting. So Richard and I can car share, and then we have to get out of the car and stay two metres apart. That doesn't make any sense, but... What I was going to say was, once we get up on the media gantry, you and I will have to stand two metres apart, and Richard will have to stand two further metres apart, which puts him where the spotlight is. Oh, yeah. And then where do we put Roger when the Steel Dogs come? Oh, it's fine. I'll buy some David Copper- Copperfield-like um, sort of wires and that and just have him dangling yeah. over the eyes. Have him dangling I feel, over here. I feel that's... all. I, it's made me realise I've got to buy some blinking long cables now for well, next Well, we are going to need long... Uh, do you know what? I spoke to Richard about that and I said we're going to need like some pretty long headphone extension cables and microphone cables and you're going to be filming from behind a spotlight. <laughs> unless, unless we buy four-metre microphone leads... And Richard stands in the middle and we stand at polar ends to each other. We might have to. I and mean, I'll have to peer out from behind the spotlight. <laughs> so, Mark, spot- add something to that. Sorry, I didn't see it. It was behind the spotlight. Uh, unfortunately, I imagine his shot was uh, was uh, covered. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> screened. What by? Spotlight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Defenseman of the year could be the spotlight from my point of view. Year, couldn't it? If, we, if we have to maintain this social distancing by the time the season starts. Oh, I've I've already Spotlight worked. Blocks many shots. I've already worked on my first shout of the season. The first time a defenseman leaves a uh, forward just uh, hanging in the crease or something. The first shout social is going to be yeah. Well, hey, what's going on here? We still social distancing. It's already yeah. going to come out. I mean, that's literally put that in your book now. Second or third goal of the season. I probably would have used it twice. <laughs> Do you know what though? By the time we get started, you would imagine like you know cricket's already been spoken about, hasn't it? In biosecure grounds. Uh, international cricket in biosecure grounds, players will be tested, etc., 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 and that's great because it'll be nice to see some cricket. Um, football again, players are training individually at the moment, and there is hope of getting the football season concluded. But again, players will be tested for the minority sports like ours. It's going to be more difficult, isn't it? Because we're not just going to be able to send off like you know forty odd players to be tested before the game. We certainly can't afford to do biosecure rinks with no spectators in because, well, then every club's going to go bankrupt. It is going to be a challenge. Let's make no mistake about this. It's going to be a challenge 
to get not just our sport, but all sports, you know, like local football leagues and things like that. It's going to be a challenge to get all this back up and running again safely. And for sports like ours, like basketball, like football, like rugby, there has to be an attendance. There has to be a crowd. Otherwise, all the clubs are just going to go bankrupt. So this is going to be a little bit of a challenge, isn't it, to get up and get running again. I'm certain that, you know, we'll overcome it. And, Don't you know, shoot out yet, the, the, the EIHA will probably award somebody a four-game suspension to help with the social distancing. If they award half the team four-game suspensions on alternate weeks, that'll help with the, four, the uh, social distancing, won't it? Uh, Nobody we- got within two metres of each other because they were all serving four game suspensions and had to stay so far away from the bench. I've been, I've been, I genuinely have. I've got it in my head. And I, this might sound cruel, but the IHA will will announce the fixtures for the season, and everybody will know the games are off right up until the Friday. And the IHA will still go, no, we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen, isn't it? Yeah. We had done have government approval. No, we're still going. We're still playing. We're still going. And then anyone that refuses will get a uh, a five nil loss awarded <laughs> against them, despite the lack of government approval. Oh my goodness me! I mean, I can. You, you're Can comp- you imagine the table? No games played, but everybody <laughs> lost five nil. Just all alternate five nil defeats. Yeah. Um, no, look. I completely, it's such a difficult time um, right now. And I know that sort of is a real blase thing. There is a lot of hard work that is taking place right now, just in from the bees organization, from the John Nike leisure group, from the volunteers here, from uh, EIHA officials. One of the nice things I can see and I'm hearing a lot of is some great communication between clubs and between organizations just trying to get through this pathway, um, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and there is a lot of joined up thinking going on. Um, I know the communication, like even between the elite and the IHA, has been pretty decent over this because there is an understanding it's it's an all-in. And they are working to try and bring it back as safely as possible. Now, two months ago, we were sat here... And we were recording a podcast that I wasn't supposed to be on because I was supposed to be having a whale of a time on holiday. And instead, I had to come back on and do a podcast because I've been kicked out of country due to yes. Corona. Um, the number, All the numbers are going down. However slowly they're going, however non-dramatically they're going, those numbers are going down. It is yeah. about now securing. It is about now making sure there is a pathway to reopen. And there's much more things that need to be reopened. Um, and I know that sounds like a crazy thing to say. There are much more thing, important things that need to be reopened than a hockey club right now. But we are talking about, okay, technically we're probably three months away from the season starting yeah. in a realistic world. There's no reason why that couldn't become four. There's no reason why that couldn't become five months. And there's no, and it, it, it works the other way as well. We've already seen the Elite League announced they're pushing back their playoffs right deep into April, their playoff weekend. There's no reason, let's put it politely, our players aren't going to the World Championship from this league. So there's no reason, if worse comes to worse, we wouldn't be looking at playing maybe a playoffs in May or something like that. There is the potential. There is all the plans are in place to try and to try and bring hockey back as safely as possible, as securely as possible. Also, the worst thing that could happen, and this is the biggest fear in sport in general at the moment, is you're going to restart competitions, you're going to get up and flowing again, We'll get the Premier League up and running. There's no doubt about that. I mean, seeing the success of the Bundesliga this weekend, the Premier League is on path to come back, as is La Liga, Serie A. 
as is the cricket. Looking at America, some of the solutions are coming up with over there. MLB looks like it's going to play in their stadiums. NBA are going to Disney World. They're a Mickey Mouse organization. All those sort of gags can come out of it. Uh, NHL is looking like potentially they're going to play in Vegas. NFL are looking like they're going for, like they're all cut. They're all working towards coming back. Yeah. But the worst thing they're going to want is you get eight games into next season, 20 games into next season, and you have to press the pause button again. That would, mm. that would be even more damaging to, to sport and economies and, and all that sort of thing as well. So I think that there's a battle of real life. There's, there's, there has to be a realistic mean. I can tell you right now, I've had to have a coronavirus test in the past week um, because I, I started having a sore throat the other day. And I got invited to have a coronavirus test. I tested negative for it, as expected. No problems on that front at all. The capacity watching um, ha- what they have done to a park and ride place in Guildford is unbelievable. It's the most dystopian thing I've ever done in my life, where you only allowed to open your window by three inches to safely pass in and out your test through a drive through centre. It is the most bizarrest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But if that means that in three, four, five, six months' time, we're back to some sort of normality. God, I'll take it. Absolutely yeah. take it. I mean, as you say, there are many, many plans in place. It may very well be that we start a month late and we squeeze the games in. It may very well be that we start two months late and we finish two months late. But there are many, many plans and contingencies in place here because at the end of the day, this is something which is out of everybody's control. We're doing the best that we can uh, as a country, as a world. We're doing the best that we can. The Western world is doing the best that it can to get on top of this and, most importantly, to save lives because many, sadly, have already been lost and that is something that we can never forget. But in, in, on the other side of that, there has to be, eventually, a return to normality. Now, if we wait for a vaccine, we could be waiting... Well, they're suggesting maybe four months if all goes to plan. But realistically, we could be waiting a year. But many, many plans are in place. As you say, there's, there's cross-league cooperation, which sadly there wasn't at the back end of last season when the Elite League did the sensible thing and the IHA told everyone they were still playing. But there's cross-league cooperation now. There's strong government advice as well going out to all sports organisations Plans are in place. There's a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and if necessary, there'll be a plan D as well. I am, I am very confident that there will be a season next season. Will the puck drop at the start of September? I'm not entirely confident on that. Will there be a season? Yes. It may start late. It may finish late. We may even have to squeeze in a midweek game here and there, but there will be a season next season. We just don't know quite when as yet. And obviously, it won't happen until it is safe to happen, safe for the players, safe for the officials, safe for the volunteers, and also safe for the supporters as well to come in and watch the uh, the game. Because that's the last thing, as you say, we want is to start the season, get maybe two, three, four, however many weeks into the season. And all of a sudden, you've got this horrible coronavirus starting to spread around sports clubs. That's why it's very important that there are many, many plans and contingencies in place that this starts when it's safe to do so and opens safely, carefully, and we get ice hockey back on as soon as is safely possible. Yep, fully fully agree with you. And I think that that's the thing to, as I say, there's much more important things right now than just a game of puck whacking. 
I'm sorry well, to I, say. I was on the news today. I was, I was on the television news. I say you news. deserted Bees TV and went mainstream, went daytime, you know wasn't what? it? Will and I were just playing uh, in the park when we were approached by a lady with a microphone and a man with a camera who did stay two metres away. I was about away. to say, did they And they stayed, they stayed two metres away from each other as well. And they said, oh, we're from Channel 5 News. How old is your son? So I said, well, he's four. And she said, oh, that'll be reception, won't it? I said, yep. And she said, oh, would you mind doing a bit for uh, Channel, F- uh, Channel 5 News at five? Um, so, yeah, there we were on telly earlier today. Freaking mainstream of these, and these as, daytime. As soon as daytime. they finish filming, though, you can tell that my son is my son. As soon as they finish filming, though, he said, Dad, did you think they got my good shot on camera? <laughs> you can tell he's my son, can't you? <laughs> Nothing has made you prouder, probably, as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, my... Do you know what? My 2020 bowling action, as I found out, I had it videoed the other day. Uh, my 2020 bowling action is absolutely nothing like I remember it being when I used to play. <laughs> um, and sadly, that's on camera. Oh, this is... I, uh, yeah, I won't be getting the ECB call up, that's for certain. Might have, to, might have to give some friends at ITN a call and dig out some footage, I feel. Might have to get the raws of those footages, I might think. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Anyway, right then. Uh, so that's rounding up all the league news bar... One little thing, and it sort of feeds into a little bit of the chat we've had just now, which is news from up north, I think it's fair to say. Uh, the Blackburn, yep. Hawk, Blackburn <laughs> Hawks, I'm really struggling today. Uh, maybe I should have had a drink before I came on. It would have made it a bit more sensible. But the Blackburn, oh my life. The, Black, the Blackburn Hawks. That's the, that team. Uh, they have made an announcement that they will be moving from the NIHL 1 North and dropping down, hopefully next season, into the NIHL 2 North. Last year, the Hawks finished 6th in out of 7 teams in the North. Only the uh, Nottingham Lions, who didn't win a game all season long, finished below them. It does leave a little bit of a question mark, unfortunately, about that league and its sustainability, with just 6 teams in it, uh, including the likes, as I've mentioned there, of the Nottingham Lions, who finished bottom of the table. But that is a league that includes big names like the Whitley Warriors, the Solway Sharks, Solihull Barons, Sutton Sting, and the Billingham Stars. And it's kind of that bizarre one because um, obviously we had to travel to Blackburn last season uh, because the Leeds Chiefs were playing games out of the Blackburn Arena. And it's a big, expansive, and you know what? Fairly decent, if cold, arena. And now they're going to be playing in the bottom tier of NIHL hockey. They had a Hawks 2 team that finished bottom of NIHL two last season so i'm assuming the hawks are just going to take their place um it used to be a hockey hub bracknell uh, sorry blackburn many years ago used to be a real hockey hub like you could get 1500 2000 back when the storm used to try and play in out of there from time to time as well so it's quite mm, how do i say this it's quite disappointing to hear that blackburn can't make it sustainable in the north can't make it north one couldn't make it sustainable national and have taken the decision to drop into the NHL to North and maybe just create a little bit of a problem in that NHL one North with just six teams. The NHL one North is in a very, very teetering position right now in terms of its viability. Like you and I both know the EPL could not survive with six teams. Therefore the EPL was disbanded. And we ended up in NIHL 1 North and South. 
Now, I have no doubt at all in my mind that that was a very, very poor uh, solution. Wasn't really thought about. The consequences weren't thought about. And the impact that that had, we saw certainly in the South, teams like Chelmsford and Oxford. Well, we didn't want to be a part of this, and they dropped. We're now seeing in the North, Blackburn, who, as you say, have a fairly decent ring to play from, saying, well, hang on, we just cannot make it work in this uh, in this league. That leaves perhaps Nottingham now wondering, well, hang on a minute, should we do the same? Then you're down to five teams, and that's not really viable. The NIHL 1 uh, is a attractive proposition, I guess, to a lot of players that don't have the ability to do the travel demanded by national. I mean, we saw Vanya Antonov drop down uh, because of other commitments as well. He dropped down, did play a few games with the Bees last season. In terms of the NIHL 1, North and South, they cannot cross over like the national does because that would then leave players in a position where they couldn't continue to play for the teams they're playing for. And with just six teams and nobody knows whether it's going to be six by the time the first puck drops still that's a bit of a worry for the NIHL one North League in terms of Blackburn I think it is a little bit disappointing as you say once a hockey hotbed it is a little bit disappointing I think but I mean I guess it depends on the reason behind that decision Are they dropping down just to say, right, we're going to be content in NIHL 2 and that's where we're going to stay until eternity? Or are they dropping down to say, look, we didn't have the best of seasons in NIHL 1. We don't really have the nucleus that's capable of competing in NIHL 1. Let's drop to NIHL 2. We will build up the nucleus. We'll hopefully build up the fan base. And then in a year, two, three years time, we'll be able to go back up to NIHL 1. We'll have a solid nucleus. Yes, we will need to top that up with some NIHL 1 standard players because there is a huge gulf in standard between 1 and 2. We will need to top that up, but we will have a nucleus that's well drilled, well gelled, and we'll be able to go back and hopefully be more competitive in that league above that they've just exited. So I guess it depends really on the thinking behind it and the longer term strategy of is this a permanent move with no aspiration to reclimb up or is it a temporary move? to rebuild the club and to, um, you know, to rebuild the club, to cut the costs because they're dropping down a league, cut the costs, rebuild the club and look to aim back up again in a year, two, three years' time. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to be in decent hand. Like James Neal, if he stays there, I mean, there's no way James Neal should be playing NIHL 2 at the age of 30. I appreciate it's local to him. I appreciate all that. But James Neal was a decent EPL defenseman yeah. for the Manchester Phoenix. And I know that he's done a bit of work. Maybe he's going to stay on as coach. Maybe he rocks up at somewhere like the Leeds Chiefs. I wouldn't put it beyond him for that. But there's no way that James Neal as a 30-year-old should be playing NIHL 2. I'm just sorry. Does it make these players available, though? Well, you know, that's the thing. How many of the Blackburn players would it make available to either other NIHL 1 North clubs or maybe NIHL National up in the, the northern area, as long as these players are prepared for the travel and the commitments of having to come down to Bracknell, to Basingstoke, Swindon and that, as long as they're prepared for that, there are some that are capable of doing it. Yeah, at least it's sort of something I've been thinking about as we sort of, like we were talking about how the league could be structured moving into the new year. I would not be surprised 
I'm not I'm not a hundred percent feeling this is gonna happen. I would not be surprised if there's a little bit more focus on regionalization next year, just in the national mm. level. Um yeah. just to focus on look, costs are gonna be tight, sponsorships are gonna be tighter, like there's a lot there's a lot on the stake. And I wouldn't it would not surprise me if maybe there's a thought of what's gonna be the most important thing for clubs next season is getting crowds in. What games do you get the crowds in for on the whole? It's when you play your local derbies. Let's have a few yeah. more local derbies. And I'm well, not yeah, saying... I mean, we see it, don't we? Yeah. Like Basingstoke. You know, the, the rink is packed with Bees fans and Bison fans. Same with Wildcats. Wildcats and, bring yeah. good numbers. Wildcats. Raiders bring decent it, numbers. You know, in the past, you know, like you and I have both seen in Basingstoke and in Slough, like the rivalry there and the huge crowds for Basingstoke Slough games. Same with Guildford. Those regional games are huge. You know, they are the big paydays when it comes to your your income streams. And, you know, I mean, there are no, you know, there are no clubs where people are going to become millionaires from owning them. But, like, those are the big paydays when you play Basingstoke in Bracknell, when you play Bracknell in Basingstoke. Same with Swindon as well. Um, and to a degree, I mean, like, I remember back to Slough, Milton Keynes was always a big travelling club as well. The local rivalries are huge. And as you say, clubs will have lost money because they didn't get to finish their season last year. They'd have budgeted their costs. They'd have budgeted their income. And certainly eight clubs missed out on playoff games. So there will be holes in budgets as well that, you know, um, I'm not going to, I don't know the ins and outs of every club's budget, but every club will have, you know, or certainly those that were in the, the top uh, top echelons will have thought, right, we're going to budget in the playoffs as well, into their income. And in terms of next season, it's going to be a season, perhaps financially, where you're going to have to rebuild slightly and recoup that money that you didn't make last season. And what could be better for that than your regional local derbies? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we play Basingstoke 10 times a season uh, no, home no, no. and away because then everyone's going to get bored. But those are going to be the big games. The Basingstoke games, the Swindon games are going to be the big games in terms of income for us, for Basingstoke, for Swindon. It's like a triangle. Um, and, you know, the same up north as well. There will be big rivalries up there as well. And if they can get those local derby games in, those are the big earners for clubs. So, you know, the, the thing with NIHL National is it sits above NIHL 1 because we're told it does. That's the honest truth, in my opinion. We, it sits above NIHL 1, North and South, because we're told it does. And what it did do was it ups the travel as well, because you now have to go to Leeds, you have to go to Telford, you have to go to Sheffield, whereas in NIHL South, you didn't. You played your Basingstoke, your Swindon, uh, Invicta, Milton Keynes, Peterborough, and those were the extent of the journeys. What it did was it upped the travel cost. And if clubs are, and I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but if clubs are kind of ruining the loss of last season, the end of last season financially, then they will want to be banking on those big local derby games next season to try and build up for some of the costs that are going to be impending later on in the season when, you know, northern clubs have to travel south and southern clubs have to travel north. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I've sat here and I've just thought, I'm not, and also I want to be very clear, I'm not going to say we're going to have NIHL National North and NIHL National South 
it just might not surprise me. Maybe we will play one less game against the... Well, we'll only do a one home and away against the the Northern contingent, and we might just play an additional game against the Southern contingent. I, I just... Especially that could come into effect if the season rolls on to October, November, December, yeah. and we haven't started. Maybe that's one solution. Um, maybe the other solution... But I still think they... I still think there'll be a desire to play the 26-27 home league games. Yeah. I just I mean the other thing we're saying is this is not permanent either. This is just perhaps a, a solution for next yeah. year to help clubs recuperate financially from losing the end of last season and also because we may have a shorter time available. I'm not saying we do, but that may be one of the options is that we have a shorter season and the northern teams drop a visit to the southern teams. The southern teams drop a visit to the northern teams. And as you say, we could either play a shorter season based on that or we could add in an extra game against the Southern teams, which then means that we all still play the same number of fixtures. We just lower the travel costs. Yep. That, that sounds kind of right to me in my head. That sounds like yeah. logical. I don't think I explained it very well. No, no, no. I think, it, I, I think you nailed yeah. it. Don't worry about that. I knew what I was meaning. No, I, I, I got and what I you meant. And I think I knew what you were meaning. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I got what you meant. So... We're in sync. For once, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, certainly lots to look for. We'll obviously keep you up to date with all the latest here on the Bees Radio Network podcast as this rolls on. If there's any more rumbles and rumours as well, well, we'll start digging into them. Uh, just two things to very quickly, because we're moving towards the end of our time with you for this podcast. Uh, the Be At Home Cup is proving an absolute success. If you haven't tuned in yet on a Saturday or a Sunday at 5 p.m., on our Twitch account, Twitch, T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV forward slash Bracknell Bees. Uh, come and join us. It's great fun. The guys jump on. We have uh, chats going on during the game. Uh, and also there's been some really great contests so far. There's been some real star players beginning to make themselves known. Dom Gabay, Harvey Stead in particular. Graham the Brown. Bell. No, he's terrible. He's just He just got lucky in one game. I'm looking at Sunday's results here. It's quite a big win for... Graham Bell. It is, it, it is, and then it's all going to go wrong this weekend against Harvey Stead, so it's fine. Uh, and then the the Brown brothers... Have, well, you're up in the top half of the table. I know, I need to hit... Now, I, let's not play this down. I also need to make a uh, formal apology on the uh, podcast, because uh, for those of you who looked at the uh, table in the Mountbatten Conference, you'll see that Stuart Mogg did finally, one, score a goal, and two, pick up a victory... And then if you roll across to the points on the table, I completely forgot to add the points to the graphic. So, oh, yes, you have, <laughs> haven't you? Yes. So it's, three, one, one, no points. Yeah, I, I'm playing the IHA rule on that one. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so sorry, Stuart. Um, but, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, actually, hang on, hang on. Perhaps then we should dock you a 5 get a five nil loss. Don't give Zach Milton. Awarded Mil- on behalf don't, of don't the... Give, uh, don't give Zach Milton ideas. That's all I'm saying yeah. there. Zach Milton will instantly be across this and be fully signed up to this. Uh, but yes. Well, anything to get his place up the table. Eh? Well, to be fair, he finally won a game, which was quite nice. He's just got minus 12 goal difference after yeah. three games. He's finally getting there. It's nice to see. Yes, the uh, second. Oh, hang on. Hang on. He, I was going to say it's the second worst goal difference, doesn't he? Yes. Only worsened by his brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going well in the Milton household, is it? Please give them peace. It's not fair on them. Um, but yes, yeah. yeah, so anyway, uh, do join us on the Twitch channel. It's well worth jumping in. Uh, the chat goes off in various different directions at times as well, um, which is always good fun. You can actually join in on the chat function as well. Drop us messages and we do respond to them. There's been some great people who've joined us so far. Not Frankie Bakarik making appearances every week is a particular highlight every time we get messages from her. So really great uh, on that front. So come and join us on that one. 
Uh, also, we had realised now we are doing a plethora of content right now here at the TSI World Bracknell Bees from Wallpaper Wednesdays, like it was today, to the podcast, which loads of you are downloading, which we're really grateful for, to the Be at Home Cup, to the Buzz Worksheets. There's just so much going on. And one of the mainstays ever since the season got kiboshed was the watch parties. And they've been really well received. Loads of you tuning in. Really big thanks once again to Dan at Barks and Beyond, who's been brilliant in helping to get games, and to Tony Knott as well, who found some tapes for us and we were able to get them uh, moved across onto the channel. One thing we were finding on a Sunday is that a lot of you want to watch the Twitch and want to watch the watch party, but you can't do both. So what we're doing is we're moving the watch parties to tonight, a Thursday night moving forward. We feel that this is, you've got lots of options. The, the weather's glorious as well. Saturdays and Sundays, you might want to sit in your garden, not really want to be cooped up by a screen. We decided, you know what, watch parties, let's move that to a Thursday night. So seven o'clock Thursday nights on the Barks and Beyond uh, YouTube page. We'll always post the links out across social media. We're going to move the watch parties to beginning with the Sheffield Steel Dogs, Sheffield Steel Dogs, Sheffield Steelers from 2000 in the Super League. We are beginning to roll through. We have got some uh, EPL games coming up uh, very soon on the uh, the feed as well. So definitely be worth watching. And I'm sure if I ask Andy very nicely, he might be able to put one of the games together using commentary from last season as well. So uh, lots to look forward to, I think it's fair oh, to say. Please, 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 not my one. Well, the one, what the Swindon game, what here? is going not on? No, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, no. We'll pick another one. Um, no, not that one. Before you speak to Andy nicely, I'm going to end this podcast and ring him immediately. <laughs> So that that is uh, the pathway forward. But yeah, so really do appreciate all of you who are tuning in. No matter what, if it's downloading the podcast, which you're doing in your hundreds, if it's the Be At Home Cup where you're tuning in, if it's the watch parties, if you uh, take part in the ballpark Wednesdays, if you're downloading the worksheets, if you're doing whatever, really do appreciate all of you reaching out. It really makes everything we're trying to do worthwhile. Um, we're moving the watch parties to the Thursday. Come and join us on a Thursday night. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Like, I... I have a games console in my house. Like, this is the honest truth. I have a games console in my house. It is my godson's PlayStation 4, which I tried to fix and didn't. And it's still sat there, actually, and that's the only games console I've ever had. I've never really never really got into gaming, actually. Maybe I may have to give it a go well, if I could... If I could get a console, if we if we should try and find a way to get you on the uh, the chat at least, so that you can join him with that, because that's well, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. That's good fun. I can go to the uh, the Twitch channel. That, that's good fun. It is. Uh, yeah. Um, Maybe I'll do that and heckle you next time you play. I mean, what is going on well, here? Well, there'll be enough who uh, who 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 would definitely join in with that. Um, also, I meant to mention about the Be at Home Cup. There is a trophy now as well. Although it I did, saw that it did it did make me wish Wayne Scholes was still involved in hockey. Um, because at the end of the day, that trophy would have been the Stanley Cup. Uh, but yes. that trophy has been very kindly donated by the bees. Uh, Stuart Robinson, who I called out and said, I bet you he's a bit of a gamer. He said, uh, I grew up playing Sabutio, both far away a more innocent and fun childhood than Bloodfest computer games today. I didn't have a SNES, Game Boy or anything, but do have a PlayStation 3, which I play NHL Legacy Edition on. If I was on the PS4, I would have loved to have been involved. I tell you what, that's sounding like when we get out of lockdown and we can start, you know, being back together in a place, we might have yeah. to have the bee's knees bar and we might have to put Stuart Robertson on the game and get him playing. That feels... You know what? I bet he'd be good, actually. He'll probably turn up in his bee's tie and everything, won't he? I bet he'll be really good. You know what the goal celebration is? Just a thumb up. Just, just a thumbs just up, yeah. Just a thumb up it. there. Anyway. Can you just imagine how nonchalant he'll be? Score, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Come on then, face off. Uh, face off. Come on. Thumbs up. Exactly. Yeah. Just getting on with it. I like it. 
Um, I think that's it for Mark. Mark, have you got anything else for the ladies and gentlemen this week? The only thing I would uh, add to this is like the chat that we had earlier about the season starting. I'm confident the season is going to start and I cannot say when as yet. Nobody can. There isn't a single club in this country that can say when the season is going to start as yet. What I will say is for everybody who took advantage of the Believe deal and got their season tickets, we are so grateful for your support. And we will obviously be keeping you updated as soon as we have news. We will be keeping you updated uh, for everyone that's bought a season ticket so far. We're certain there is going to be a season. It'll be as good a season, as long a season as we can make it within the bounds of safety. And we will be keeping you up to date. If you did take advantage of that Believe deal and get yourself a season ticket, you know, just to say we appreciate you taking advantage of the deal, getting your season ticket for next year. And as soon as we have news, we will bring it to all of you, uh, but especially those that have already bought the season tickets as well. Indeed. It really is appreciative of all your support. Really do um, really do appreciate everybody who has purchased either the Believers deal or have purchased season tickets as time has rolled on, and we will keep you up to date. Now, Mark, how is the most... Imp- What's the best way even that fans can keep up to date with all the latest from the TSI world at Bracknell Bees? Well, you can visit our website, that is BracknellBees.com. You can visit us on Facebook or on Twitter, at Bees Ice Hockey, and you can visit us on Instagram as well, the Bracknell Bees. Wonderful stuff indeed. Mark, I feel that there is only one track that we can play out the podcast with this week. There is, because I'm now up to 26.2. Now, I'm wondering which way you're going on this. This this could even be one of the greatest pieces of this podcast's history, or it could be one of the worst. (laughs) We may be disagreeing on this one now, I fear, I am, given what you just said. I am going for a track from 1984, maybe 82, but I think 84. And it won the World Music Award for World's Best Song. Ah. It's by Arrow. Ah, oh, that's what I was thinking. We're, we're in business here. <laughs> we are synchronised again. And we will let them play you out. Although we've just given it away. Well, we haven't said the song yet, so uh, we'll let that play out as everybody continues this really terrible version of Popmaster. Um, <laughs> All day Popmaster on Monday. Well, sadly, someone to look forward to. Maybe we might have to do that on the podcast next week. Hey, yeah. there's an idea. One year out. One year, well, I'll always be one year out, I'll tell you that. Uh, Mark, pleasure as ever. Thank you, Graham. Always a pleasure. And for each and every one of you, please continue to stay alert. Uh, please control the virus. Control the virus. Just be sensible. Look after each other and save lives. Until next time, take care of yourself. Goodbye. Bees Radio Network. BracknellBees.com.